Mitzvah Nechias Hamalik Hamurah B'Pasha Zocher. The Mitzvah destroying Hamalik, which is mentioned in Pasha Zocher, Rechin Tzipur Mechamah Shaol B'Agag Malach Hamalik B'Avtei Pasha Zocher, and also the story of the war of Shaol with Hamalik, which is mentioned in Avtei this week. The Kriyim B'Shalas Shachag Hagas Purim. We always read it in the Shalas of Four Purim. Why the Shalas of Four Purim? Given Shahaman Asher Zimon Lahashem Hagal Abichal Chasshamos Ahya Agogi. It says that Agam Muzar Hamalik because Haman was from. Agag, the king that Shaul did battle with, his name was Agag, and Haman is called Haman Agogi because he is an anical of Agag, of this, of this uh, king who was from the city of Amalek. In the Avtera, Pasha Zacher doesn't only speak about the war with Agag and Amalek. It also talks about the story of Shol and how Shol was concerned for Agak and concerned for destroying the sheep of Amalek because Shol thought, I want to use this sheep. Because he told Shmuel, Shmuel asked him, thank you very much. Shmuel asked him, how come you didn't destroy the sheep and Agak like I told you to? So Shol said, in order to bring sacrifices to Hashem. So when Shmuel came to him with, how, how dare you not destroy Agag? How, how dare you not destroy the cattle of Amalek? I told you to. Shmuel didn't have any idea, it seems, that he did anything wrong. He told Shmuel his report, what to Shmuel was, his opening sentence to Shmuel was, mission accomplished. I did what a God wants. I, did, I fulfilled the words of God. He walked up, all the people except for Agag himself so and the sheep. Magag. This is before Shaul did this then. Shaul killed everybody except for Agag. And that night. So except the king. Except the king. And the king managed to. Escape him. No, the king was killed. But before he was killed, he, there was, he managed to uh, have a uh, father and child. When Shmuel rebuked him, Shmuel said, listening to God is better than sacrifices. And instead of, you think you've fulfilled the words of God, Shmuel said, you have, um, uh, it, it, you have not just disgraced the words of Hashem, it has, you, you have... Um, you don't even know what you just did. In, in English, she said, Ma'asta. It's become disgusting to you, the words of Hashem. You, 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 not just you do what Hashem said. To, to you, the words of Hashem are disgusting. The relevance of this Haftar to Purim is understood according to what our sages tell us. The reason why Haman was born was only because Shaul didn't kill Agag. That's the simple trans- connection. First of all, Haman comes from Agag. And, uh, and only because of what Shaul didn't do, because he didn't kill uh, Agag, uh, that's how Haman was born. That's a simple connection. But since everything in Torah, every detail in Torah, is precise, we can explain also how Shaul's claim and Shmuel's rebuke are very connected to the theme of the Antifa Purim. In other words, it's not just... A, a, a cause for the, the uh, holiday, cause for the decree, a uh, cause for Haman, but there's something about what Shaul thought and what Shmuel responded 
that is exactly what Purim is all about. But isn't Purim about what the Yidin did? Wouldn't there be an Avadah Haman with the Hashem needed us to accept the Torah. Right. The, the whole exactly. uh, Devar Torah that you gave. I'm asking, wouldn't there be an Why are we focusing on Haman like God? We should be, we should be thanking him. Thank you for keeping him alive and allowing Haman so that way we could eventually accept the Torah full heartedly that we weren't able to do it at Mount Sinai. Thank you. So, so we're going to see how where your questions are leading, exactly where the Rebbe is going, that, that the uh, Shoals leaving Agag alive is actually um, something that, which is directly connected with the war against Amalek and with what Purim is about, the defeating Amalek. Let's go. We can learn a lesson, an important lesson, in what a Jew has to, to know about serving Hashem in general, and especially as it relates to Purim. Next section. Shol HaMelech was someone who was clean of all sins. As Chazal say concerning the Pasuk, Shol was one year old when he was king. So the Gemara explains it doesn't mean he literally was one year old. He was like a one year old. Just like a one year old boy has never done anything wrong. So to Shaul was a tzaddik. One like a one year old. So if Shaul left Agag and the sheep alive, didn't do what, the, didn't do what Hashem wanted, it cannot be that this was an intentional thing that he knew is going against the will of Hashem. And Shaul's opinion, not only was he not doing a sin, Shaul was thinking this is the true will of Hashem. We're not talking We're not talking about someone who was wicked. We're not talking about someone who was foolish. We're talking about someone who was very wise and very righteous and who asserted at the, the story before knowing Shmuel's response that he was actually doing what Hashem wanted him to do. That's what he actually thought. So what exactly was Shaul's mistake? And what does that relevance have for us? Let's go. So what's the theme of Karbonus? What are Karbonus about? Karbon involves taking a physical animal and offering it on the altar. Next page. When you burn the animal, the darkness or the physicality of the animal is transformed to a lofty spiritual light. You burn the animal. It's not just you're, you're burning an animal on, in a fire, but there's a transformation. Like uh, the Zohar says, Raz the Kubna Ila Raz the The secret of the Korban ascends the secret of the Insaf. So you're bringing an animal in the Mizbech. What's actually happening is, is that the divine energy in the animal, which comes from the world of Teyu, is now uh, going back to its source. It's ascending to its lofty source. Go around. When Shaul was victorious in the war against Amalek, so he had the. No, David, we don't. No, they never did. They never did. Okay. Okay, so Shaul won the war with Amalek, and now he got their sheep, their cattle. So the cattle of Amalek represents the ultimate low 
of Gashmias, the lowest possible Gashmias there could be. Shareish is going to Amalek. Shamalek who is Shesh Chomanirai. Amalek is called the source of all evil. So Shoal wasn't just wanting to bring another animal as a sacrifice. Shoal learned chesidus, and Shoal understood that when you bring an animal to Hashem, you're bringing darkness to light. So if this is the lowest kind of people, these are the people which are the lowest kind of evil. This is the source of all other evil. So it must be by destroying them, by, by sorry, by offering their. Uh, animal to Hashem, you're bringing the greatest dark kind of darkness to the highest kind of light. It's, it's, there's nothing better than that. So it wasn't just like another animal. Shaul's thinking this is the perfect thing that's, that, that th- this, there's nothing better than doing, than bring a sacrifice from the cattle of Amalek. Because here we have the lowest possible Gashmas, the ugliest, lowest kind of thing, and to transform that, and bring that to Hashem, that's Mamish, the greatest light and the greatest darkness. That's what Shaul was thinking. Shmuel told him, kill the sheep. So to eradicate everything. Everything. And then he, he used like the sketchy kind of chassidus. Like the kind <laughs> where like you start to like develop your own kavanas for davening. But, I mean, the Navi comes. It's like, it's like. Before Gerard. the Navi came. Before the Navi came, we just said, let's destroy everything, right? Let's just get everybody. Before the Navi came? When, when he, the original instruction was, yes, destroy everything. He was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave this and bring this to sacrifice him. What a great idea. Let me tell Shmuel about it. But you're right. He, he was doing this on his own, own accord. It's like the, the, the rabbi gives you an instruction. You're like, oh, I, I learned, I learned like, uh, a mimer. Like, nah, like, uh, I, got a, I got a thing. Are you allowed to even bring these sheep if they were worshipped as idols? Well, who thinking, says they worship as idols? I think they worse. I think they should have been. They, they, uh, were, they did something with there are halachas about sheep, but apparently there was no halachic problem. It was just the, okay. the one singular problem. It's just problem. a rule that Navi, you got to listen to the Navi, and Hashem is the word of Hashem. The Navi is the word of Hashem, so what is there to talk about? goes further. Think, think about what Shol's, what's going through Shaul's mind as, as, a, as, a, uh, as a tzaddik, as, a, as someone who's interested in fulfilling the will of Hashem in this world. Look at what, the greatest light comes from darkness. When you transfer something that's dark and evil to light and holiness, there is a higher kind of light. So Shaul was thinking, if I offer these animals of Amalek, which are there, the source of all evil, and I bring them to Ketusha, there'll be a higher light than any other sacrifice. Is, there's nothing better than this. And still, Shmuel rebuked him and said, You have degraced the word of Hashem. Still, Shmuel rebuked him and said, You have disgraced the word of Hashem. Shmuel should have. Followed the instruction of Hashem to kill all of the sheep of Mabalik. Even though Shaul had an opinion, this was such a great idea, but he still should listen to what Hashem said. That's what Shmuel said. Yes, it's a great idea, a fantastic idea, but you disgraced the word of Hashem. Hashem, did, Hashem told you differently. Yes, it's according to Kabbalah, you have all kinds of great ideas, fantastic. But that's not what Hashem said. Next, next section. 
Shaul's opinion, there's room for it, logically. What did Shmuel tell Shaul? Listening to Hashem is better than a good sacrifice. You have to listen to Hashem with simple Kabbalah, simple acceptance of the yoke of Hashem. Hashem said, destroy all that belongs to Amalek. Even though logically there is room to veer from the commandment of Hashem, still you cannot veer from the commandment of Hashem. Yeah. It's just, like, this is like the Rebbe letter to you. I don't advise you to invest in stocks. But if you didn't you, say that. You didn't say that. You didn't even say you just, you just did. Okay. You just did. Okay, well, let's go the, back. The, let's let's the, focus on you. What's your question? The, the, Rebbe, the Rebbe is... is, 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 is there's clearly something bigger going on here. We're only what, what, like in the beginning. Like, I, I know, but right, just right off the bat, I'm like, this is so obvious. Why is the Rebbe talking about this? You know anything about the history of Lubavitch? Uh, then I feel like I'm like a fake, like fake holiness. You're like, oh, like, listen to, listen to the Navi. Like that's so obvious. Don't do like. But what's happening here? This is something that that you see over and over again throughout Lubavitch history. That not just Lubavitch history, throughout the Jewish history, that the Navi says something. Jewish people have different ideas, and therefore they do their own idea, their own thing. But it is a the Tzemach Tzedek said he makes hats. Whatever the hat fits, she'll wear it. But this is, this is like. But. I'm just telling you, this is something which is so relevant to every person. I'm not going to talk about some things which will be prickly. I won't say something prickly like using the Erev or something, because the <laughs> because uh, that's obviously okay, right? Uh, but, but of course, why would, why would the Rebbe want a lady to, to be in her home all day and with, with the children? Of course, the Rebbe wants want her to be able to leave the house just because the Erev, he said something with the Erev, but, but let's think practically. There, there's that, that kind of idea... <laughs> I, I, I'm, sheep. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We all have our rational reasons why why Yiddishkeit Torah doesn't mean mean doesn't mean now. And we have all kinds of explanations why kedusha. Uh, there's a certain uh, relative of mine who I was telling uh, her that the Rebbe says to wait an hour after milk before eating meat. The Rebbe would never say that. <laughs> poor poor little sixteen year old wants to have a hamburger. The Rebbe would never stop him from having a hamburger. <laughs> you understand? There's, there's all kinds of reasons that stem from holy places, but uh, but they're, they're not uh, they're not the, the, the Shmuel's telling the show listening to Hashem is better than all kinds of reasons. You can find all kinds of reasons. This this is something which they once asked the Rebbe when the Rebbe um, wanted to institute Tanya Shiurim on the radio. Um, they had all kinds of crazy ideas of of what that means. Um, I think they wanted to have like some kind of senator or something to like to give their first cheer, <laughs> because like it should be like a senator, you know, on the radio, it should be something chashem or something important. So the senator or somebody, he should be the one that begins. So I said before you uh, do anything, just ask a simple chassidish yid what how, how this should work. So uh, th- there is listen, this is something which is a very broad topic. This, this is a whole of Yiddish guy. Um, uh, the Chabad Russian organization in, in Crown Heights, uh, free, once um, once managed to get some government grant for like fifty thousand dollars. In those days, a lot of money, and the Rebbe was like, "Why? Why is that? Why is that what you're satisfied with? Like, like this is expression like this is pearl groupin. This is like a, a bar- barley. I mean, you should be looking for pearls. The word for pearls, the word for barley, the same. The point is that that that, that we have all kinds of ideas and kedusha." 
stays the same. Tushas Tusha. And this is a very, very broad topic. Everyone, have, everyone has their own justification of why they shouldn't listen to Shulchan Aruch in this particular situation. But there is a Shulchan Aruch. It's true that not, that not always can you understand what Shulchan Aruch says, and, and you may be looking at one area of Shulchan Aruch and not know other parts of Shulchan Aruch. The Gemara says that the words of Torah are poor in one area and they're rich in other areas. So it's possible you learn from Shulchan Aruch and you don't see how that, that works, and yet uh, you, you, may, you may be correct, but the point is don't rely on your own opinion. If you don't know the Pshat and Shulchan Aruch, then ask somebody. The exact words of Shmuel's rebuke goes as follows. It's better to listen than bringing a good sacrifice. It's better to hear than the fat of rams. Use two adjectives. Zevach and chelev. Zevach and The word sacrifice and the word fat both indicate serving Hashem with logic and reason. Fat indicates it represents the best, choicest part of a man's abilities, man's strengths. What's the fat of man? The fat of man is the seichel. That's the best, the choice part of man. So if you serve Hashem with your logic, so you're serving Hashem with the best part of you, with your choicest part, using your seichel. And it is true, you have to serve Hashem with all your soul powers, including your seichel. Certainly Hashem wants you to use your seichel. He gave you seichel. You have to use it too. If you're only serving Hashem just with dry Kabbalah, just accepting what Hashem says, without trying to appreciate the meaning of what you're doing, so you're missing something. It comes out, you're only giving to God your hands and feet, not giving Him your mind. So it's true that you have to serve Hashem with your seichel as well. However, despite, with this, considering the truth of that point, listening to Hashem is better than a good sacrifice. And hearing what Hashem says is better than the fat of rams. The first step of serving Hashem is accepting upon yourself simply that Hashem is, is your commander, giving you mitzvahs. And the fact that you have to serve Hashem with all your soul powers, including with your mind, that's, because, that's only because why is your mind important? Because God says to use your mind. Hashem says to use your mind, and therefore you have to use your mind, but not because you want to use your mind. The foundation of everything is acceptance upon yourself of the yoke of heaven. So really you should put a, a, a tattoo on your head which says, Rabashkins, your head is just a piece of flesh. And it doesn't have any significance. Oh, the Abisha says, instead of using this piece of flesh for uh, lamb chops, this piece of flesh has to be used to, 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 to think about the meaning of mitzvahs. But that's because, not because you want to, because the Abishter wants to. The Abishter tells the Jew to listen to him and to accept with simple acceptance, and that is better than serving Hashem with logic. Serving Hashem with logic is not as good as Lahakshi, it's not as good as listening to Hashem. If a person serves Hashem just with his logic, without a simple foundation, of accepting upon yourself the yoke of Hashem, next page, first of all, it's possible that 
it's likely that if you're just serving Hashem with your logic, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to eventually, yeah, your logic may sometimes happen to coincide with what God wants, and sometimes it won't. So besides the fact that you're going to make, up, make mistakes, but forget about the mistakes. Before we go to mistakes, there's something fundamental that's missing in this whole approach to Yiddishkeit. The person who's serving Hashem is really serving himself. He is staying and remaining in, him, in his own um, comfort zone. He's serving Hashem because that's what his mind says to do. He's missing this devotion to Hashem to do whatever Hashem says, even if you wouldn't understand the virtue of the mitzvah. He's missing this fundamental bond with Hashem and Alter writes in Tanya that, oh, I've been quoted over here. Accepting upon yourself Hashem as your king is the foundation and the gate for all Kedusha. In order for it to be Kedusha, it has to have Kabbalah. The Zohar says this is the gate to heaven. In order to enter heaven, or to go, if you want to know if it's Kedusha or not Kedusha, does it start with Kabbalah? If it's not Kabbalah, it's not Kedusha. Maybe a mitzvah. The mitzvah is missing, a, 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 missing the Kedusha in that mitzvah. So a person does not have Kabbalah, he is not a vessel for the holiness of the mitzvah. And all kinds of evil can stem from this. All kinds of evil can stem from not having this basic gate, this basic entryway to heaven, which is Kabbalah. Accepting upon yourself Hashem as your king. When Shaul did not listen to Shmuel and he didn't have the Kabbalah sale, what happened as a result of that? What happened as a result of Shaul not listening to Shmuel? Haman was born. Haman, who comes from the clip of Amalek, was born as a result. Haman wanted not only to annihilate all Jews, but to annihilate, annihilate all, all, all of Yiddishkeit. So what's the correct, how do you correct what happened? What rectified the mistake of Shol was what the Jew, is what the Jewish people did at the time of the decree of Haman. For an entire year, the Jewish people stood steadfast in their devotion to Hashem with simple Kabbalah sale, with simple Messias Nefesh, Devotion to what Hashem wants him to do. But also, that's The Alter Rebbe says not one of them had a thought the whole year to give up their Yiddishkeit. And this Kabbalah Sil is what rectified the fault of what was missing in Shaul's Kabbalah Sil. Shaul didn't have full Kabbalah Sil on his level. And that's why he didn't do what, Shmuel, what Hashem told him to do. So the Jewish people in the time of Purim, they're having that full Kabbalah Sil, that Messias Nefesh, the whole year, that's what rectified the mistake of Shaul. And automatically, as a result, they managed to overcome the clip of Amalek. They overcome physically, they destroyed the descendants of Amalek, they destroyed the Haman and his children, and all the, their enemies. Why? Because they first defeated the clip of, of Amalek. How did they defeat the clip of Amalek? With their Kabbalah sale. And therefore, the Shabbos before Purim, we read about the story of Amalek, and we read about the Haftar of the story of Shaul, because a whole decree of Haman was a result of a lack of Kabbalah sale, a lack of acceptance of Hashem as your king. And the Jewish people, when, how they fixed that fault, they fixed that fault with their sacrifice and dedication to Hashem as well. Now we, now we can understand why the main mitzvah of Purim is celebration. And this Aveda of celebration and eating and drinking, Adaloyada, there is a, you see the idea of Kabbalah sale there. How do you say Kabbalah sale? Well, the Gemara says you have to drink on Purim until you cannot distinguish between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. 
What does that mean? The last says, Mordechai curses Haman. You should know the difference. You should think that Haman is Hitler and Meshach Rabbeinu is Haman. What is that? What's the point of that? What this means is like this. Cursed is Haman means that you should turn away from evil. Baruch, Mordechai blesses. Mordechai means you should do good. Both of those things, both the way you reject evil and the way you accept, do the right thing, shouldn't be because of your seichel says to so. Rather, it should be ad lo yoda. It should be something which is beyond any kind of rationale. You're accepting Hashem's yoke, not because it makes sense to you, but you give your whole depth of your neshama to Hashem without any calculation. That's the meaning of ad yoda. Ad yoda means you devote yourself to Hashem without any calculations. So when a person has this Kabbalah sil as the foundation of a serving, service of Hashem, then that will also affect his seichel too, that will, that, and everything he does afterwards. David Melch said, Teach me your, um, teach me the good um, logic and knowledge in, in your Torah because I believe in your mitzvahs. Why does David deserve to have Tuv Tamadas, the good wealth of understanding of mitzvahs? Because he believes in mitzvahs. Because he be- the foundation is Kabbalah Sale. Because he believes in them, because it's a loyoda, because his foundation of a service of Hashem is loyoda, that's why he, Hashem gives him the different kind of yoda. So as a result of doing Purim in a way of ad loyoda, the Friedrich Rebbe says the way you, your, your logic works after Purim is on a higher level. As a result of you devoting yourself to Hashem and Purim with simcha, without any calculations, without any chashbenis, with simple kabbalah sale, that allows your mind to appreciate and absorb the, the, the depth and the richness of Yiddish. So Adaliyah does mean you should think that Haman is, is, is Moshe Rabbeinu. It means the way you say no to an Avera, the way you say yes to a Mitzvah, isn't because it makes sense to you. Adrab, it's because of your devoted to Hashem. Adaliyah. And Purim will allow to reveal, able to access that part of the Neshama which is higher than Seichel. And that part itself should also say curse to not just your seichel should say curse to someone, not just your seichel should reject th- sins, and your seichel should accept mitzvahs, but the lo the part of yourself, the part which is higher than seichel, the, the essence of your nefesh, should say, Baruch is Mardachai and curse to someone. need. Udovit. What? Panamayish. That means you didn't get it. That's everything. Ad lo yada. Geen, geen